Hey guys, this is Lindsay Schnorr. Welcome to my podcast, Known to be Known. I want to inspire you to wonder and question and think for yourself rather than tell you what to think as we go on a journey to get to know God. I'd like to suggest that God's desire was never to get you to heaven, but to get heaven through you, and that he actually gave us this answer to what eternal life looks like in John 17, 3, saying that eternal life is this, that we would know God as the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. You see, he gave us an end game and a timeline, relationship forever. I believe that as we get to know him, he's made known through our lives and evangelism, you know, sharing the gospel, actually looks and sounds a lot like you and your life. You ready for an adventure? Let's go. Hey, podcast world, big announcement. If you haven't heard or seen already, my first book is available on Amazon February 6th. That's right, Known to be Known, Revealing God Through Your Relationship with Jesus by me, Lindsay Schnorr, will be available for purchase in ebook and paperback format February 6th. For additional details, stay tuned through the podcast, check out things on the website, or become interactive with me on Facebook and Instagram. I cannot wait for you to get a copy of this book into your hands and continue our conversation in our pursuit of relationship with God. Hello, everybody. It's a good day. Um, you know, I've been kind of contemplating a new way to do things. Like, I know we kind of bounce from subject to subject, but wondering how everybody would feel about spending a, like, a portion of maybe, I don't even know, I don't want to put a number on it, maybe, like, three to four podcasts on one certain subject and maybe, like, address questions. Wondering about this interactive um, option, let me know. Um but kind of leading in with that idea, because the subject matter we're going to introduce today is something that's much larger than one conversation. I want to talk about identity. I think we have addressed at some point in time in conversations, and regardless where you fall relationally with God, I think we can all look at our present culture and say that there is a definite war for your identity. And as far as like defining identity, I would say that there's probably a lot of people that have competing or, or even differing views on exactly what all goes into that. To take my stab at it, I was, I was kind of mulling over this today in the car. Identity for me is, is demonstrated by the unique way that Lindsay is designed, but founded in the designer. To give you kind of a, a word picture, a, a fruit tree is not defined by the fruit that it produces. The fruit tree is rooted and produces, like demonstrates what type of tree it is by the fruit that it produces, correct? So to even give you like further context, a lot of culture today would say that your identity is defined by your values, 
who you love, your belief systems, your talents, your gifts. Well, I would suggest that all those things are actually not defining factors of who you are, but a demonstration of the very nature of your design. And of course, I'll probably lose some of you already. If you don't believe in God, then you already have a a place that you're like, okay, designer, designed. Okay, well, regardless, let's say that you don't believe in God. I would also suggest an appeal to that type of thinking that you are who you are from the from the onset and then you are raised in experience, you're raised in culture, you're raised in in a habitat uh for better choice of words that goes on to um to evolve your personality. What I'm saying is that the the fruit quote unquote those those things that I listed very briefly at the beginning aren't actually um, evidence of identity but natural demonstration of identity. Okay, that's kind of deep to start, right? From this point of the conversation on, I'm going to be speaking to believers because I think that this is a conversation that not only needs to be had. But it's it's a place for a lot of us to chew on uh, these certain concepts because I see a lot of the same things playing out in the people around me that I have the opportunity to sit down and talk with. Point one, when you become a believer, when you are reconciled to Jesus, you become a new creation. I know I know many of you are not going to philosophically argue me on this. It's a known fact as a believer, but I don't know how many of you actually sit and think about the concept that pre-salvation, you are a human being, and post-salvation, you are a completely new being. Human 2.0 is what I call it. Being a new being, as we are told in the scriptures, we now have a new spirit. Where pre-salvation, we had a sin nature. Post-salvation, we have Christ's nature. You take part in his death. You take part in his resurrection. That was the whole point of Jesus being on the cross to be the sin substitution for you, for me, for everybody. Following me so far? This very important point is very often wrongly taught in the church. And it is a huge predicament for many of us because when you become a believer, it is not necessary to keep fighting a nature that you no longer have. Yes, Lindsay, but I but I still sin. Well, yeah, a lot of us have some really bad habits going into the life as human 2.0 believer, but that's why we have this uh, tri-reality of saved, being saved, and will be saved. 
May I suggest to you that at the point of salvation, when your nature changes and you become a new being that is actually able to to be inhabited by the Spirit of God, remember a house divided against itself can't stand. God can't can't make a home in a sin nature residence. It, It doesn't work. Your spirit is immediately reconciled, redeemed, saved, sozo. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Your soul then starts a process of glory to glory, becoming more and more like Jesus. And finally, our bodies, as demonstrated first by Jesus, will, once we cross over from this point of existence onto eternity, be fully restored, not unlike the rest of our triune being. We will have a glorified body one day, just like Jesus. So if you're following me so far, my identity in Jesus is that I was designed by him and redeemed, reconciled, and restored as a believer. Okay, so I'm now I'm just going to kind of have conversational concept with you, okay? This is going to be Lindsay's process. Why are these two points so important? I would suggest to you that a lot of us, a lot of us in the Christian life, in pursuing God, were not given the permission to have a process. God was very aware that we would have a process. He created time. He created this specific measure of order, I believe, to give us process and to build capacity so that we would be able to actually withstand the amount of revelation and change that we would go through in our process of getting to know him and becoming more like him. My suggestion is that the enemy has come in and said, as believers, you're doing it wrong. How many of us, I can say, me included, in any valley of your life have started freaking out that you don't have enough faith for the breakthrough? Have started feeling the weightiness and the guilt of shame? of not believing the things that you did before you got in that valley situation. That think it's up to you to pray yourself out of it, to convince God that you believe him, etc. My suggestion in this is that For all of us that have gone through a season of suffering where you get inundated with all the things that you're not doing enough of or doing good enough at, that comes from your sin nature that you no longer have. But because for for any point in time that you spent in that reality, you developed some bad habits. This is a suggestion. I'm telling you, maybe mull it over. When you become a new creation, I'm going to be hammering and repeating myself a lot so that, pardon me, so that you get what I'm saying. When you become a new creation, it doesn't immediately dispose of all your bad habits. 
right? Good habits or bad habits, but you've lived life X amount of time until you get to a per, uh, that specific part in time that you give your life to Christ. Jesus has enough patience to allow you to work out the process of becoming more like him. I'm saying a lot of us are way too darn hard on ourselves in the process. Yes, there's immediate breakthroughs, and yes, there's ones that take years. I've lived in both. My suggestion to you is that as hard as you are on yourself in the timing of the process and what the process looks like, God's actually not as concerned with the timing or what it looks like as much as he is with you taking the next step forward. And when things are revealed in the process, like, oh man, I wish I actually believed that dot, dot, dot as much as I thought I did before this. Those moments are not for us to be ashamed with God. Those moments are actually invitations to say, oh, wait a second. Lord, there's something here that I actually need greater revelation of because I believed that I believed something more than I actually believed it. God's never into shaming or blaming. He's into inviting into increase. You getting me? So let's say you're living through a really hard diagnosis and the trauma of this situation has left you depleted and you don't feel like you're operating on all cylinders and quite frankly, you kind of feel like you're failing as, at being a human being. My suggestion is right there, this is an identity issue not a circumstantial issue. And the identity issue is an invitation for God to reveal himself to you so you know whose you are. And in that revelation and experience, it is demonstrated by who you become. Again, the fruit of your life is not what is evidence of who you are, but evidence of where you have founded your identity. It's a very con- complex concept, right? My identity, what makes me me? Well, I can tell you, I can't say pre-salvation. I can say that I was a very immature Christian for a very long time. So we're going to say pre pre-deep dive with Holy Spirit in my life. I was very, very superficial. Like I, I believed that Lindsay, Lindsay was defined by the things Lindsay did and by the things Lindsay believed and by the values that Lindsay had. So my identity was, and I'm giving you the stark contrast of, of where you can tell where identity is founded. My identity was in singing, being a creative entrepreneurial mind, being a finisher, a completer, type A, a mom, a wife, a friend, a daughter. I can see lots of you guys, you know, shaking. Yeah, sounds good. Titles, positions. Yeah, that makes sense. That's all. I'll define her. Okay, well, here's the difference. Then I started really getting to know Jesus and allowing him 
to reveal himself. And in revealing himself, showing who I was in him. My identity became strong in Jesus, mighty in Jesus, wise, royalty, kingdom, solutionary, powerful. Dream wielder. Do you hear the difference? My identity was no longer descriptive of performance, but it was actually inscriptive by the designer. We all have that. And part of being on this side of the veil. For those of you that don't know what I mean, being alive on earth right now, part of what I believe God's great invitation is for anybody alive at such a time as this is getting to know him so that as he reveals himself to each one of us in our unique ways that he created to commune with with each one of us, that the fruit of our identity in him is actually demonstrated through our life. I, I would hear many arguments right now, well then, well, you know, if God and a designer, then, I mean, that's not really fair, like I don't get to choose. No, actually, It's the greatest choice you can ever make because the designer knows the design better than anybody. And to watch the fruit of Jesus in me demonstrated in my life is greater than anything I could ever potentially attempt to do on my own. Anything you could potentially ever do to try to do on your own. That is loving. That is serving. It is parenting being a good spouse. All of it, when it comes from the core of the overflow of my relationship with Jesus, is it, it is authentic. It is, it is real. And difference between authentic and real. Authentic that as in non-contrived, like not, not motivated by any like human desire. It just happens. And real, as in like palpable, measurable. I think that the church, again, and that's what I'm meaning like the church, Big C Church, all, all the communities that we are a part of that seek after Christ. I think Big C Church can take responsibility to a degree for making the pursuit of the Lord too darn religious. Expecting it to look a certain way when God gave us all a unique way to go after him. The unique way to pursue him would not be a way that was nuanced in our desires. 
the unique way to pursue him would just be a way to actually commune, to understand one another. Do you hear hear what I'm saying? Like my unique way that God put me together allows me to have a individual relationship with him that you can't have, that nobody else can have because there's only one Lindsay. But that doesn't translate into my fleshly desires or expectations becoming the uniqueness that God created. I don't get to have a unique point of view of how God desires to be demonstrated. He doesn't change. Does that make sense? So while my uniqueness gives me a special way to communicate with him and have a relationship with him that nobody else can have, that's not actually a way that demonstrates his character any different. It's just the way I relate to him. You can't go change the rules of who God is under the veil of your uniqueness or your identity. Your identity does not belong to you. My identity does not belong to me. That's where you get into problems. So curious as to all the thoughts I got mulling around in all your brains right now. Sorry, I'm kicking things too, getting passionate over here. My friend was on the phone with me this morning and was talking about the same thing. She's like, the United States has an identity crisis. Well, of course we do. I mean, I don't need to get into specifics. It's obvious. Nobody can find where to anchor who they are. <laughs> I shouldn't say nobody. I'm I'm completely positive who I am and whose I am, and I get to grow in the knowledge of that. But it is blatant that there are many people that don't know how to define identity and don't know where to find foundation to actually build it because they're looking to be their own designer of a design they have no patent for. And furthermore, as a designed creation, you need the greater operating system. So if you are not a believer yet, you're a pre-believer or a seeker, you're operating under like Mac OS when you need Mac whatever, OS X. (laughs) You following me? Like not only is it an identity issue of knowing whose you are, but then it is actually submitting your design to the designer and saying, I actually need the upgrade in operating system so that I can figure out more about who I am and whose I am. Fascinating, right? God is so intricate that even in technology, you can see the way that he has put things together. He never expected us to get to know him or understand who we were in him without the correct operating system. And that's why Jesus said it was better for him to go because he knew that we all needed Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Can I get an amen? before I even proceed, that there is nothing worse than trying to figure out your iPhone. I'm sorry for all of you Samsung, Google people, but probably is going to cross the line anyways for all of us in a way that we can relate, that when you get a new phone, you got to deal with relearning things. That how you could do one thing under one operating system is now completely different. And there is actually grace for a process of relearning something that you used to do one way that is now completely wrong. 
Do we all go beat ourselves up when we can't find a certain application or, or system under our new operating system? I don't. I get frustrated, but I'm not like angry with myself. I'm not like, shame on you, Lindsay. You didn't have enough faith to understand your new operating system. No, I just take the time to learn it. Is it annoying sometimes? For sure. Absolutely. You guys, such is the predicament of being a new creation. You got the greatest software, but it's not the same access that you used to have. And it's for sure not the same habits and patterns that you used to have. So when you start operating with the new operating system, there is a grace period to the rest of everything assimilating to that. And you're not a bad person for needing to ask questions. You don't have little faith because you don't understand what's going on. It's not actually on you to figure it out in 24 hours. I hope that somebody's getting what I'm preaching right now. God has patience, eternal patience with us to come to know him and be more like him as we move from glory to glory as new creations in Jesus. We need to have a lot more grace and patience for ourselves And the church needs to be a lot more willing to allow other people's processes to look different than what they potentially built into the traditions and organizations of the church. Those are my thoughts. Again, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not giving room for you to go create your own fruit. I'm saying that your pursuit and relationship with God's going to look different. But you'll know they are Christians by their fruit. Of course, it says love. And yet I would also propose that you can recognize somebody that loves Jesus. You can recognize them. How many of you guys need to go easier on yourselves? How many of you want to know more about who you are and whose you are? And all of the time that you've spent praying, have you ever asked God, what do you think about me? God, who do you say I am? Lord, what are the unique ways that you designed me that only I have? that make you excited to have a relationship with me. I promise you, the more that you learn about who you are in Jesus, the more you would never choose to be anybody but you. It is thrilling. It is so thrilling to know how much I'm loved by Jesus, how intentional he was with the way that he put me together. How much patience he has with Lindsay's deep thinking mind that can ad nauseum go every last way of the multiverse from A to B. 
He did that on purpose. (laughs) I can have patience with something he did on purpose. I wonder if you've ever thought about any of this. Okay, Lindsay, but as I'm listening to you, I'm finding that maybe I have identity in places that aren't in Jesus. And maybe I just have questions about this altogether. Perfect. Perfect. Great starting point. Any place that God reveals that your identity is not in him is not a place for shame or guilt. It is an invitation for him to redeem reconcile and restore a piece of you, a belief system you have, or a component of your relationship back to him. Remember, saved, being saved, will be saved. God, I just thank you. I thank you so much for what you're doing on this earth right now. I thank you for the desire for everybody that is seeking. I thank you so much for that desire that you put there. That we would know who we are. Lord, that you would actually satiate that hunger with revealing yourself to each one of us that there is belonging and significance and rest in you, Jesus. That there be a revelation as believers of what it is to be a new creation with a new operating system. And that there would be a grace unlike anyone has ever seen for each person's process and pursuit of you, God. That it would actually be celebrated as people try to recognize you and get to know you. That process wouldn't be canceled, but that process would actually attract people that have gone further or have more experience to come along and link arms as you designed us to do. That we would be each other's greatest champions instead of each other's greatest critics. Lord, that you would secure identity in Jesus in all of us. that as we get to know you, you would be known to the world around us and the sons and daughters that creation is groaning for would be revealed and restore that very creation that has been longing for what Jesus paid for. Amen. Thank you for listening today. 
I hope you have found places in your thinking or belief systems that have been encouraged, challenged, or my hope, quite frankly, introduced to completely new concepts. You want to stay connected? Visit me at my website at known to be known. That's the number two and a little b.com. You can go there to be a part of the blog or to submit to be a member so that when new podcasts and new blogs are released, you're the first to know about it. Can't wait to see you next time.